नमस्ते एंड वेलकम बैक टू डीमिस्टिफाइंग माइंडफुलनेस अ सीरीज ऑफ कॉन्वर्जेशन बिटवीन मी श्वेता शिवरामन एंड डॉक्टर पारस द फाउंडर ऑफ माइंडफुलनेस प्रैक्टिशनर एज वी ब्रेक डाउन वेरियस एस्पेक्ट दैट कैन हेल्प यू लिव लाइफ माइंडफुली In our last episode, we spoke to you about the importance of connecting with the deeper self and the ways in which you can re-establish that connection. Today, we are going to delve into an interesting distinction that could help us live life more purposefully. The distinction between needs and wants. I'm super excited to take our listeners through this conversation. The the title itself got me intrigued for us. So let us start from defining what needs and wants are. Namaste, Shweta. Yes. Indeed this is a topic close to my heart. And absolutely understanding needs and wants independently is vital for our discussion today. Wants are good to have. I want to have the Mercedes C-Class or I want to have the latest Xbox PlayStation or iPhone 12. They arise from desire. When you see someone else having something you think you would like to, a want arises. Needs on the other end are intrinsic. and inherent that without which our life cannot happen for example we all need food water shelter clothing for our basic survival i call them as existential needs we also have two other survival needs emotional needs and social needs Emotional needs include the need to connect, share feelings of love and intimacy. The social need arises from a desire to build connections in a community, to feel accepted by others. But our needs are more than just survival. We have expressional and spiritual needs too expressional needs are about working towards a passion whereas finding your purpose is going beyond the individual to work for the betterment of others and the overall collective right for some reason paras my b school brain automatically jumps to maslow's hierarchy of needs every time i hear the word needs Are the model and the way you define needs linked? Yes, Shweta, absolutely. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, false and humanistic school of psychology, sets the foundation for our understanding of human desire and behavior. A lot of us may be familiar with this theory. Abraham Maslow in 1943 design a pyramid stacking humans basic needs to aspirational desires bottom up at the base of the pyramid 
is an individual's physiological needs of food, clothing, shelter, water, sleep, sexual intercourse, and good health. Then comes safety, a feeling of security in personal life, emotions, finance, and health. The need for love and belonging is next in the pyramid. This is connected to our interaction with others. As social beings, we all need to develop family ties, friendship, and intimate relations for our overall happiness. Maslow followed this with self-esteem, a need to be accepted and develop one's self-esteem by achieving fame and respect from people. And tops the pyramid with self-actualization. That is when all other essential needs are met for an individual. They seek a higher purpose and work towards self-actualization. Right, right, got that. And and I'm curious, how relevant do you think this structure is in in today's world? Interesting that you're bringing that up. While Maslow's theory gives us the foundation, I personally believe that our modern theory of needs is slightly different. The existential needs to me is a core of our very being. The fourth level of self-esteem, I think, begins from the day we are born. A human needs to exist and be seen. The need to be liked by all begins at a very early age. A human feels safe when he feels, I exist. That means being acknowledged. So you exist. Your presence is acknowledged too. And thus, we exist. It's like a collective or systemic space. Every human being primarily survives or disengages psychologically when this need is not met. The next is external survival needs. It encompasses the basics such as food, clothing and shelter. And to me, survival and safety needs are synonymous with each other and go hand in hand. The prime reason both have equal weightage in this theory is because maintaining one's safety is equivalent to one's survival need. The culture around us is ever-changing and protection, that is safety, is definitely of paramount importance for survival. The next need is psychological and emotional needs. Here, an individual feels the need to give and receive love. He, she, they 
need to understand and be understood. Emotional needs include the feeling of an emotional connection, a sense of status, achievements, security and more. To feel emotionally fulfillment, we need to experience relationships, friendships, the feeling of love and intimacy. This needs to begin first with self and then with others for harmony in relationships. And then comes your social needs. You're an individual feels the need to connect with people and be a part of a community. Social needs include feelings of acceptance and belonging while forging relationships with people. It's about defining one space in the social structure and getting recognition from others. After all the needs are fulfilled, right on top comes spiritual needs. Spiritual needs go beyond the individual existing needs with a focus on the larger picture. In most cases, the awareness of the spiritual need may arise only when the psychological and social needs are met. A person thus moves from a state of mindfulness to a state of mindlessness and wants to build and contribute to the community and improve the lives of others. That's a very interesting perspective, Paras. I'm fascinated by what you call spiritual needs. Is that like an ultimate goal that one should aim to identify in one's life? In a way, yes. Spiritual needs essentially translate to finding your purpose. When I use the word purpose for me, it transcends beyond needs and wants. It is an inner calling. A purpose that unfolds over a period of time. As you walk in tandem with your higher self. And to access or channelize this inner purpose. One must continuously evolve. It fades away if one is always caught up between the survival needs and expression needs. And as beautiful as that sounds, Paras, in some ways, hasn't the search for purpose itself become a fad? Absolutely. I always increase the sensitivity to my clients whenever I discuss the modern theory of needs. You know, Shweta, several individuals take a leap towards spiritual needs as escapism when their other needs are unmet. 
This is not an awakening, rather a distraction, to take them away from the real picture. And such kind of spiritual pursuits are of no real value. While all needs may coexist at the same time, without one taking the precedence over the other. The spiritual need is well experienced upon the awareness and fulfillment of the basic needs. A deeper understanding of this modern theory will give you the vision to build your life when you begin to view your thoughts, emotions, beliefs, decisions and actions from a different perspective. I have written various blog posts on this too, which listeners can access from my website, that's mindfulnesspractitioner.com. Interesting, Paris. As I heard you say that, the first thing that came to my mind is how should one then go about identifying one's needs? Well, Shweta, the first and foremost, of course, is understanding oneself. Self-inquiry is a powerful tool to get to know ourselves in a profound way. I usually follow this process in mindfulness retreats and programs. Connecting to self, others, relationships, environment, situations, and how the communication flows within the space, and how the communication flows within you. Questions like, where is it impacting? How is it impacting me? How am I contributing in this conversation, in this relationship? What am I accounting or what I'm discounting in my decisions? What am I learning or what am I not ready to learn yet? And also observing my behaviors, my emotions, my thoughts and assessing how congruent are they with my present self. Like I said earlier, Shweta, acknowledging the abilities, the skills and competence that we possess that can take us from where we are today to where we need to be. We further deep dive into values and beliefs. What do we hold close to our hearts as right or wrong? What is important to us? I'm sure these questions define our motivation and drive to work towards the things we aspire. And next comes identity. Who do we think we are? What are the roles we play and what beliefs we hold about ourselves? This helps to answer the existential question of identity 
who am I? Dr. Robert Dilt has many evidence-based research on the same. And the last comes purpose or spirituality. That helps us plays a role in the greater scheme of things. Got it. And assuming now that they have met the basic needs, how can one go about pursuing this purpose in their own lives? Purpose is calling from the universe to do something. It is not an entirely cognitive journey. You need to use meditative techniques to go deeper within yourself. To tap into the subconscious mind and our own inner intelligence to derive this. I call this transition from Gyan Mark to Bhakti Mark. That is why mindfulness conversations are more purpose-oriented and in sync with one's energy or what we call prana. This prana flows through our body, through established pathways. There is either the feminine or the introverted energy and pingla, the masculine or extroverted energy. The ida and pingla together represent the duality of existence. And when there is an imbalance in these energies, life becomes out of balance too. For individuals to be effective in the world, it is important for the energies within them to be balanced. When there is balance, the life energies start to flow through the central part of the Sushupna Nadi. And it is a Sushupna Nadi that the magic is created. Awareness can only happen when Sushupna is activated and we lead lives from that place of inner balance. This is the point from which one can actually start to explore their true purpose from within. And that is why I call it an inner calling, a completely non-cognitive, non-intellectualized process. This is fascinating for us. Are there any techniques to bring about this balance? Absolutely, yes. Pranayama is one of the best ways to restore our energy balance from within. To balance the Ida and Pingala specifically, there is a practice called as Nadi Shuddhi or the alternate breathing technique. However, these are powerful practices which I would recommend listeners to learn in person with a teacher rather than online. Thank you, Paras, for sharing that. Is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with today 
as we conclude this conversation. Well, Shweta, just one thing that this understanding of needs and purpose is a journey of awareness and mindfulness. It might take some time to find our inner calling and this calling will evolve as we mature in our lives. So be patient. Continue your meditative practices and enjoy the process of seeking something beyond material comforts in life. I have experienced it myself and I can assure you the journey is worth it. If you would like to explore it personally with me, feel free to reach out to me through any of our social media handles or websites and I would be honored to guide you on this journey. You can also take the Mindfulness Living Assessment by logging into psychometricassessments.com which measures scientifically self-awareness, accountability, emotional sensitivity, mindfulness communication and living in present. Do grab the offer today. Thank you, Paras for these wonderful insights in today's conversation. You have surely given me a lot to think and ponder upon. We will also be covering all about the Mindfulness Living Assessment in the next episode on our podcast. So stay tuned. This is where we part today, listeners. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me or Dr. Paras online and we would be happy to clarify them in our upcoming episodes. Until then, this is Shweta and Paras signing off. Have a wonderful time ahead. Namaste. Namaste.